Champions Hop in your Tardises, you're listening to another episode of Doctor Huh? Huh? What? what? But Bill isn't a girl's name. What? Bill's a boy's name. What were they thinking? Why does the Doctor look different this week? What? They, why? Why did? Why did? Why did he get old? What? <laughs> did he go to the beach that makes him old? He's a time traveler. He doesn't although, even get old. Do you think? Although, do you think when the yeah. Do you think that when the doctor regenerates and he realizes he's old again, do you think he's a little disappointed? <laughs> he just pulls out a gun. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, like Matt Smith goes to Peter Capaldi and he's like, well, now I got my joints aching, my back hurts, I've got wrinkles, god damn it. Whatever, I, I only know the vaguest amount about the fact that they, like, wrote out the regeneration limit at some point recently. But I'm just imagining, yeah, that's what's going to happen in the next episode that comes out is David Tennant looks in the mirror and he's like, what the fuck? I was already the... No, no, it's the other way around. He You know, David Tennant was such a beloved doctor. Like, that's he wants to be David Tennant again. He's like... But then he trips and he hits his head and he dies. He gets up and he's he's some old white guy and he's like, not again. He's just like re-rolling over and over again till he can <laughs> me, get a form. me playing Rimworld. He's like he finally regenerates. It's like he's he's seven. I gotta feet get one who's good at cooking. Come on. He's super buff. He's super handsome, and he's so excited to start this run. And he walks out. And he gets hit by a car, and he regenerates into like an <laughs> old ninety-nine-year-old man. Oh, for fuck's sake! Damn not it. again. I love Excuse- this idea. Just like waving to the car. <laughs> Excuse me, can you get me again, please? The doctor playing a roguelike with his life is such a powerful he you know, like he gets his he gets his TARDIS upgrade and he's like, okay, well this will make my uh, my later runs a lot easier now that my TARDIS is a little bit uh better. Yeah. Also I'm ooh. I watched the episode a few days ago. I don't we didn't remember introdu- what this one We meant. didn't introduce ourselves, by the way. Yeah, I'm, you do yours. I'm Jordan, and I was told there were going to be elephants. Oh, that's interesting. I actually, I don't remember why I wrote this down, but I wrote that I'm Lord Samuel Elephant Sutcliffe. Uh, definitely, for all the, like, two seconds that there was an elephant on screen, I was I was really into the fact that there were elephants on there the... There was an elephant. I feel like I was referencing something else, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm referencing the hit season 8 of Game of Thrones, much beloved. This is series 10, episode 3, Thin Ice, written by Sarah Dollar, directed by Bill Anderson. I have a weird... I don't even know if I'd call it a fun fact. I have a weird a, fact. A, a, a neutral fact. I, I looked at the episodes that we've been rolling. We've almost exclusively rolled episodes 3 and 10, I think? You know, I was thinking about this when we were watching this. This is like our third time watching like the first episode where the doctor and the companion go on an adventure through right time. it's weird we keep getting this happening it's very yeah. odd here i wrote the numbers down let me see if they're interesting enough is to this read. interesting not, that you're gonna say you no, no 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 i'm gonna veto this we don't need to just have you reading a list of numbers i think the least interesting thing about the show is our distributions of episodes no 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 no, no, no you're wrong you're wrong i i was just i'm verifying it's twos, threes, and tens is what we keep getting. But we've also only done like 11 episodes of this podcast. That's a lot of episodes. It's a lot, but it's also a not A lot that of podcasts many. don't make it this far. <laughs> uh, so this is our first uh, outing with uh, a new doctor and a new companion. We've got P- Pietro nope, Capal- shut, Stop. Pido- Stop it. Stop it right now. 
Pietro Capalzi, I think. No, 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 you're actually wrong. Interesting that you said I think, because that means that I can tell you that you are wrong. What's his name again? I can't remember. It's Peter Capaldi. Fuck off. And he's the 12th Doctor. And then we have companion Bill Porter Bridges. (laughs) Bill Potts. Not Bill Porter. Um, and she's played by... She's played by... She's played by Sam. Played by... Some actress. She's... No, no, give me the name, please. I'm sure you have it down Wait, there are you somewhere. waiting for me to pull it out? Yeah. Because I don't I have mean, it written down. <laughs> well, that seems like a lot of All right, I, hold, I, got, I, got yeah, I got it, 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 I got it. Don't look it up. You should know it. I do, but I don't. Pearl Mackey. Pearl Mackey and starring Matt Lucas as... Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Who the fuck knows what this guy's up to? I I don't know what the hell was going on when he showed up. I think he might be a robot. Like, Something. that's my best my well, that's best just read of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, backdrop for this episode. Well, okay. Backdrop for this episode is that I'm getting over COVID. And that's cool because this episode's all about coal. The coal, uh, coal. This episode is all about going to large public gatherings that might In kill the- you. <laughs> so, uh, fastest, literally fastest, quick draw. They walk out of the TARDIS. <laughs> Bill says, where are we? No, wait. More importantly, when are we? That literally happens this time. It's the it's, first thing that happens. It's so... F- she doesn't... One of these days we're going to get an episode where, she, where where the companion actually says that. And uh, this is the closest we've gotten so far. Um, but, but actually, wait, she what am I saying? It, I like, she does, yeah, she I does it, actually, it to uh, sorry. she did say it this time. What, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Every time I said it, they've actually said it in the episode. Okay, sure. Sorry. But yeah, they're, they're in London. Uh, it's icy. The River Thames fourteen is, is completely frozen over, but, and, uh, people are out here walking on the river with elephant. There's an mm. elephant on the river. I w- uh, personally, I wouldn't go on I a frozen do, river I was, with an elephant. I was looking at I was looking at Wikipedia.com/slash/frostfairs of London, uh, which apparently occurred during what was a time known as the Little Ice Age, where where the global temperature got a lot colder. Yes, but also uh, this was and sorry to our thousands of British listeners, I've never heard of this either. These apparently dated back to the seventh century. They've been going out on these frozen rivers, and this was obviously before they had invented common sense, am I right, ladies and gentlemen? And before we abolished it. I See, I think it's very funny that, like, you you watch this episode and you say, ah, these ice fairs seem pretty sketchy. But also, like, 99% of this episode is about people getting pulled through holes in the ice, so it's like... So I was right. I was also, right there's the whole a time. sea monster that that really existed. <laughs> I think that I, the episode should have ended with instead of what the doctor did to help those little orphans, I think it should have ended with him abolishing ice fairs. That would have saved a lot more lives. I, think. I did do a little cursory research, and yeah, these frost fairs they would happen uh, a lot of the time. They wouldn't always happen. The river wouldn't always freeze over to the point that you could walk around on it and play games and such and go bowling and stuff. But. Uh, there people did die in these like the ice would thaw and you would fall in and die i mean people died a lot of times in the vampire times they would die walking down the street they'd get crushed by like a carriage and die so i don't know what you're if 
if you told me, hey, do you want to go to the circus every day the ringmaster pulls out a gun and shoots one lucky audience member in the head and kills them? If you're going to listen, and I think this is fun. This is fun for now times because we're talking about social gatherings where people risk death. <laughs> I know, right? And and I think it's very poignant. But like, listen, when you go out, you know, you go to a concert, you might get trampled. You don't know. It happens regularly, every day, every time. That's what I've come to understand. Um, see, I will appreciate, I appreciate when you start watching this episode and they go to the ice fair and all the activities that they are doing are like, ice slamming, get your ice slamming here, <laughs> stomp on the ice. And you go, wow, these dropping people are really hot ask- coals on the ice here. <laughs> you really, these people are really asking for it. But then you watch later and you see, oh, I see. They are at, there's a reason. Someone's for asking for it. Someone's asking for it. Uh, uh so. Where are we? When are we? We got that. Um, if nothing else, I think we can all agree that if you were on the frozen river and they bring out the elephant, you'd be like, excuse me, can I, can I actually, can get- I not, <laughs> can I not, please? Can I go, can I get back onto the ground, please? <laughs> can we do this? Bet you can't do this on concrete. And I say, yes, yes, yes. I would really prefer it if we did do this on concrete, please. <laughs> can't help but do this on concrete. <laughs> uh, I didn't like, okay. So this is our first meeting with Capaldi's 12th doctor. I liked him. He's weird. I liked him a lot. I thought he was a good, he was a weirdo. And I think he, if I have to draw, and I know that everything is seventh doctor to me because he's my favorite, but if I could draw comparisons, I think he did get a little bit of that seventh doctor. And he's a little bit professorial. Is that a word? Did I make that word up? Professorial. Professorial. Cereal. Professorial. He's always eating cereal. And, uh, him and, uh, Bill do have some, uh, like a kind of mentor, mentorial, professorial relationship she, she she's like his student so that also, he also has of, a fucking office that he i guess is his i, I want to know more about the doctor's office i want to know that, about his office that we I see at the very his, end of the episode i like this office and also uh the first thing we see of P- pietro capalmi is uh his uh he's where you know like in harry potter movie when he's when like voldemort's wearing a cool hoodie he's like where <laughs> That was what, he's just out here wearing like a hoodie he got from Old Navy. He mm-hmm. hit up the Uniqlo and he got one of those like, uti- it's called like a utility jacket or something. Uh-huh. That's what he's wearing. He's very stylish in that way. And I didn't like it. I wish he was wearing, <laughs> I thought he was, I thought he was going to be wearing something zany. And he well, once he puts on like his that. 1814 suit, I'm he like, oh, thank God. He looks great in the 1814 suit. And I uh, think he should always be dressed like that is what so, I'm saying. So, I, so he's weird. He's, he's not just weird, but he's like a, He's he feels the least human of any doctor I think we've seen so far. He kind of gives me the vibe of like a time traveling con man. There was a bunch of stuff yeah, in this he, episode about how he's like steals and cheats and lies. Yeah, he's and a, he's a bit of a and, bit of a sneaky bastard. But I the, dig it. The first I, thing that he really says uh, I didn't approve of, which is because Bill is like, why why are we not home? And he's like, well. The thing about the TARDIS is you you don't really pilot it so much as you try to reason with it. But she's a bad girl. Oh, he's so horny for the TARDIS. This man wants to fuck his TARDIS, and I didn't care for that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's ever... <laughs> I don't know if the Doctor uh, being horny for the TARDIS is ever going to come up again. Um, oh, and, uh, I yeah. just remembered also. Last time when we rolled this episode, uh, we read on wikipedia that it was praised for its handling of the topic of racism and we said it, oh good another one 
It, mm, well, okay. It's not, it's not an episode about racism. It's not an episode about racism. I would also say that it, the handling of the topic of racism goes as deep as one character saying racism exists, then the topic is largely ignored for most of the episode until one, annoy- like, horrible villainous man is uh-huh. racist. And I, I, I guess what I would say is I think that the episode is not worse off for people not being racist at Bill. I think, I, I don't think I necessarily wanted that out of this episode. No, I didn't either. But I don't think I would watch this. But I did get it. I don't think I would watch this episode and take away that it was like, wow, they really did a well, they handled the topic of racism well in this episode. It's more that they ignored it until they wanted to use it to make a god of evil. I thought there was one good part with regard to that, which was when they first, like, step out into the town, uh, there's a, a line from Bill where she, because Bill is black, for the record. That's yeah. that's how this comes up, is that the doctor is like, oh, let's go look around at the fair, and Bill is like... Okay, but it's 1814 and I'm black, so slavery is still legal and I don't feel great about that. Uh, little British history fact. We don't need to get too into the history of slavery in England, but they abolished the slave trade in 1807 and they didn't abolish slavery for like 25 years after that. They were just like, we'll let the, we'll, we'll, you know, we're not gonna sell, it's like fireworks. You can't, like, you it's can, illegal can, to sell people. It's right. fine it's to own them. To, it's legal to own people, but it's not legal to sell people. You just can't get them. You can have them. It's none of our business how you get them. Uh, okay, so, oh, this is interesting. This is I don't a know. weird part. Okay, wait, hold on. Okay, before we, before we get into it, I just wanna, I wanna, I wanna address this topic a little bit more because what happens is the doctor, they're like, hey, we're gonna go to this fun ice fair and have a great time. And, you know, nobody's thinking about how dangerous this is. Uh, except Bill says, excuse me, look at me, I'm, I'm black. Is this gonna be a problem? And then the doctor says, no, go dress up in a nice dress and it will no longer be a problem. Go to the party city that we carry around in our TARDIS, where Dan the Man will one day get a pirate costume. Is, is, is putting on a nice dress all it takes? I don't know. I don't know either, but is this, this does bring up a true thing. Which is that uh, history is a lot less white than it's depicted right. as, and I think this and is. And she a really says that good she thing. like goes out to the fair, and there's plenty of black Londoners walking around, and, I, and she's like, "Oh, I I know this is a I I think this is a big point of praise that I have for Doctor Who showing you know a multiracial history." Um, and I also am aware that this is a huge criticism that shitheads have about Doctor Who, where they're like. <laughs> There were no black Roman soldiers, and there I mean, extremely were. There were a lot of them, actually. I mean, I feel like as we're recording this just a few days ago, uh, a tweet went viral of some, like, fucking uh, Roman statue avatar Twitter person AI generating a buff white Buddha. Oh, that's been going around for a while, though. Oh, I just saw yeah. it the other day. I, I, um, but it is very funny. I do love white, the white muscular fucking Marvel Comics Buddha. <laughs> also, I think, doesn't the doctor say something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Je- some, oh, yeah, about yeah Jesus, Bill is right? like, oh, hi- uh, this era is more black than I had been led to believe. And the doctor says, so was Jesus. He would know. He, he would know because he, they we fucked. know that he was, he was, he was there on when Jesus did easter or whatever whatever it was Uh, we'll never know uh, oh can we talk briefly about the theme because i actually really liked it um i thought it was i was i thought i was was kind of 50 50 on it i i think weirdly maybe this is controversial 
for a show about time travel, the motif of a clock is never, ever, ever used. <laughs> so 12 doctors in for them to be like, whoa, a clock. I kind of <laughs> dig it. And I thought the music was was kind of like it, it bridged that gap between 1960s shitty synth that we love and a mm-hmm. little bit high more uh, high production value. And I think it did a good job. It did better than Jodie Whittaker's. I don't think I like it as much as 9 or 10, but I liked it a lot. And we see a shot of like Peter Capaldi's eyes which was so ridiculous. Oh, I, and I don't remember Did you not that. notice the the gaze? It was great. And I'll it have made to watch me think again. about Seventh Doctor winking at us and I fucking love that shit. <laughs> I miss the Seventh Doctor winking at us. Uh I, I do want to say, just so we're clear, uh, the TARDIS wardrobe that the Doctor references, that wasn't a joke. He no, actually no, no, tells yeah. Bill, like, go to the wardrobe, it's got whatever you need to put on. So that is I thought I Canada, brought this apparently. up as saying, maybe they need this more. And uh, I, I'm kind of split between it, because part of me is like, shouldn't they always be using this? Shouldn't they always be dressing up in period clothes? But also, I don't always know, I don't dressing. think they need... They don't always need to do that. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the budget of this show... Let's be reasonable. Yeah. Uh, so we see a guy like drop some stuff off the bridge by accident and it, it like hits the ice and it, some of it like sinks down and we see a big sea monster is we under see a the big bridge. fish. We see what I would refer to as the sea devil. Maybe this is where the sea devil big fish monster went was to London. Oh, the, uh, the, wa- the big, the crog wagwa. Yeah. The shy halud. Yeah. Whatever it was called. It just, it was like, well, better go to London now. <laughs> and then, oh, shit, I got a, I got chained up, damn it. This is the worst day since the last big day that I had in series whatever. <laughs> uh, the Sea Devils, I thought they were nice. So, um, okay, uh, so the Doctor and, uh, and Bill are gonna go to the ice fair on the ice. There's like a little adorable urchin girl who's like, oh, you want tuppets for a ticket to the ice fair, Gav? Mm-hmm. The, the doctor puts his hot top hat on her and he's like, uh, okay, oh. I love this though because Bill is like, <laughs> Bill is like, I, c- we get the sense that this is probably like their first big adventure together through time. Right. Uh, and she's like, oh God, oh God, oh God, like, Am I gonna I, butterfly? Is it possible myself? I might unwrite myself from time if I bump into somebody and the doctor jokes like, Oh, that's what happened to Pete. You don't remember Pete? He was just standing right next to you a moment ago. And she's like, "That's not funny." And he's like, huh, "Pete wouldn't. Pete would agree with you." Uh, uh, there was no Pete. Probably. I kind of. Like I mean, maybe the there was. Did... Maybe we'll roll yeah, series Pete ten, episode truth... two, and Pete will be there. Pete trutherism. I kind of like whenever the doctor is is completely like you know calling attention to the fact that the rules of time travel do not apply to this show and that you shouldn't <laughs> it's it's very much uh you know in mystery science theater you should uh, just repeat to yourself it's just a show you should really yeah. just relax like that's which what is doctors- so funny because there are other doctors like famously 11 in the beast below our first episode was like look but don't touch i am just a tourist never interact never get involved and now this doctor is literally like Bill, fucking don't worry, because Bill is like, oh, is it okay if I take this flyer from the little girl? Because what if she was supposed to have one more flyer and she we weren't supposed to give her five pence or whatever? And then the doctor's like, fucking don't worry about it. And he just like, he takes a flyer, he gives the girl a bag of chestnuts and puts his top hat on her head. He's like, look, it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to happen. Dig it. 
I dig it in the sense that the Doctor very, in the most literal sense uh, in this episode, rewrites history. Uh-huh. Um, and it just doesn't matter. And I yep. think that the show is better off for it, always. Yes. Uh, so, they... We get a bunch of scenes of, like, Bill having fun at the ice fair and, like... There's a I like that the doctor swallower. mentions that he like he comes to the frost fairs all the time. I mean, what else is he gonna do? He's uh, go on adventures and watch people die all the time. You gotta <laughs> Just take watch a break Jesus sometimes. get resurrected over and over. <laughs> uh, we should. I don't remember if we mentioned this is historically the last frost fair. Ah, was it 1814? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of ice unfriendly activities. We see like wrestlers slamming themselves in the ice and the show is paying attention to like, we get shots of underneath the ice, all the people like walking on it and the ice like, whoa, the Uh-oh. ice is going to break. Oh, I, um, I like the doctor's line because they're watching the wrestling and he's like grumbling to himself like, eh, wrestling, it's, you can't really call it wrestling if it's not in zero gravity with tentacles and magic. Was the doctor eating a dick, by the way? Like a big hog on a stick? Was he that was, what he was eating? I, th- was I that, think it was supposed to be like blood sausage or something. Bill was really grossed out like by a, whatever like it was. Like a hog. Because um, she he was just eating a condom. He was eating a big dick on a on a, on a a stick. Yes. He was eating a big dick on a stick. <laughs> and, dick on uh, a stick? Dick on a stick? Dick on a stick? We got this for our flash mob. I can't say that. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> So the, then we get a scene, once again, the 12th Doctor, and I hope this they continue to lean into, he's a cheat, he's a liar, he's a thief. We There's this, like, a guy who, if you were, uh, grew up in, like, the the beginning of the Simpsons shit era, the the phrase pie man will, uh, will activate your neurons like it did to mine. Oh, uh, I don't... <coughs> here we go. Here he goes. Hey, let's go. Do you not remember the Pie Man episode? Remind, remind me of the Pie Man. This uh, Homer becomes a mask, masked vigilante. Oh, for his at, And Mr. Burns makes him like his personal pie prank monkey or something. Oh, was that the prank monkey episode? No, no, that's I'm mixing this up. But he did make Homer try to pie the Dalai Lama. Was and the and then oh, there's a joke God. at the end where the Dalai Lama can fly. Remember that? Ugh, I was really disappointed, by the way, because we're going back to the uh, the Yaz rule of the episode is only <laughs> good if the if the companion gets to do anything. Yeah, um, even though that's not. It's not, it's not if the episode is good. It's just did the is the companion allowed to have an impact on the plot? Yeah. Uh, I was really let down, because one of the first things that they do at the fair is Bill does some bowling, and it's like, aha, pub pub bowling champion, 10 years running, or something like that. And I was like, she better bowl someone over to win the day in the end. And mm-hmm. she could have. They could have done a thing where she, like, rolled a bowling ball at Lord Sutcliffe when he's trying to kill everybody. What the fuck are you talking about? Is this a joke? I, I can't tell if you're making a if you're doing a bit right now. What part? The part where you were hoping that Bill's bowling skill was gonna somehow resolve the conflict of the episode. Is this a not joke? resolve the conflict? Just I would like to see it come up again. You wanted Bill being good at pub bowling to have an impact on the plot of this episode of Doctor Who. Can I just, can you please tell me that this is with sincerity what you were hoping for? I'm not saying the episode fails because it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it would have been a fun little thing. Not everything needs to be a setup for a later plot point. Some people can just be good I'm not saying it 
did need to be. I'm just saying, if it had, I would have been like, ah. <laughs> ah, I see. It was foreshadowing for isn't, when she Isn't challenged- the point of a TV show like this to make me go, ah. Uh, oh, yeah. What's a, what do we call them? What moments? What ha huh moments? What is that? I don't remember. It was something I said in an earlier episode. But the point okay. is that we can just have a detail about Bill being good at pub bowling, and it's fun because she's back in the 18. It the is fun, century. and I do like it. I'm just saying, if Not she had thrown a bowling conflict. ball at Lord Sutcliffe and broken <laughs> his leg, I would have said, ah. Not everything needs to be conflict resolution. I'm not saying it needs to be. I'm just saying it would have been a fun little thing. Like, like. Ah, I'd say. <laughs> See what Graham to resolve all of his problems by driving a bus? Yes, actually, never <laughs> yes. mind. Yes, I he, do. He You're literally right. did in the Rosa You're episode. Totally right. He did not though. He did not. Re- well, I guess he delivered. No, he a bus, did. They he- they were only able to win the day because he drove the bus. I'm going to. I'm going to like gaslight our audience into thinking that Graham was the racist bus driver and that was how they <laughs> No, but he this. does drive the bus. There's literally a plot point in this episode positing that maybe a character could be a racist time-traveling alien and it made me really happy because they were <laughs> oh like... Oh my god, if it had been Brumbo? if Because they're like no human, no alien would ever be this racist. Little did the, the inexperienced spring chicken of a doctor not ever factor into the that fact would have that been a wo- hell of a thing though, a hell of a payoff for, <laughs> I'm for something that wouldn't revenge. happen for like three more years of real time. I'm gonna get my revenge by by undoing the civil rights uh, uh, movement. Anyways, okay. So let's see. There's a a scene in a pie shop pie shop with the pie man who's doing a game where if you flip a coin, you win a pie, and and if you fail, then you also win a pie. You win a pie, and the that doctor's like, not as good. I didn't quite doctor- <laughs> understand what this was supposed to be. It's got diarrhea in it. Um, the oh. doctor is like, oh, I want to learn how you do that rigged coin tr- flip trick, which okay, and and. Uh, he says he fresh caught his fish himself. There's a That'll little come thing. up later. The doctor, and, and when it comes up later, I'll say, ah, the doctor, oh. by the way, he uh, is like, don't be offended. I'm not calling you like a son of a bitch. I'm saying you're you're a very good con man, and I respect it, and I'd like to learn your trick. I uh, wouldn't tell you that I could steal anything from your pie shop that I want. Theoretically... And then he gets and kicked out of the pie shop. And I'm just saying that it will, the coin flip will come up again later. And when it does, what am I going to say? Wow. I'm going to say, ah. I just hate this. This this is a dangerous precedent, Sam, because literally this this thought process that you're carrying is like, this is what Moffat's Doctor Who is. is. It's just, ah. Okay, but, okay, but if Everything they went to a carnival. Everything has to be a, set, a payoff to a setup. If they went to a carnival together. <laughs> and Bill was was doing the, like, cork gun thing, and she wins a big teddy bear, and she's like, I'm really good at shooting with guns. And then she doesn't shoot anyone in the entire but it's episode. Not that, but it's you not wouldn't that. say, uh-uh. But that's a completely different skill set. That's like, okay, well, if a character is good at shooting guns, then there's probably a reason for it, right? But, like... What I hate you're gonna this. feel so fucking stupid I when we get an episode like, where Bill throws a bowling ball at somebody and I kills know, them. I know that like you're half joking here, and but like I literally hate so much this trend where everything needs to be like, 
oh, we have to take in all the details. You have to pay attention because one day Bill is going to roll a bowling ball at a guy and you're going to, it's going to be a callback to the, it's like, can't TV shows just be about the characters? No, can't I get that, but they are in the about... location where the bowling balls are. And, like, can't we as a viewer just enjoy learning things about the characters? And does it everything have to be a setup to a payoff? Can't we just... Can't a lady in an eye patch just be a lady in an eye patch? In a <laughs> Shut wall? up! Can't that just be disconnected from the rest of the plot? Okay. Well, so, that one, uh, no. Doctor, the doctor stole a pie. Shut this up. This will come up later. Shut up. You have to mention something very important. Oh, yeah. They see a bunch of lights under There's the ice. There's glowing lights under the water swimming around under their feet. It's really funny to me that, like, nobody re- nobody notices the lights except for when they do. <laughs> like, Well, like, the doctor has always said that humanity is very good at not noticing when there's lights under the water. Man. I just think, I keep thinking about it, like, fuck, the Seventh Doctor would be so good in this episode, though. This is what, this is what we're saying, though, is the Doctor is like, he's like, look, I, I'm a, I'm a con man, too, like, I bet you that I could steal anything from your shop, and the guy, like, pushes him out the door. I do love that we see the Doctor literally go sliding out the door on the ice. It's so good, I fucking love that And then he just takes off his hat, that he, he got another hat at some point, and he's just like, check it out, Bill, I stole a pie. (laughs) He's good, I like this guy. I like... That he's a little bit morally dubious. And we're going to get into that morality Boy. even more. We're going to get into that morality a lot in a way that I have some thoughts about, but but largely I am approving of. Um, also, at this point, Bill is like, Doctor, have you noticed that there's lights under the ice? And the Doctor's oh, yeah. like, oh, I was just waiting for you to for you to finish having fun so we can investigate that. Thank you. See, I actually kind of dig uh, the relationship between Bill and and uh, the Doctor in this way of, like, a lot of the times, you know, and I think – I always think of this as kind of Holmes and Watson to me. Like, there's one guy who has a very big brain and he, he already kind of has the whole thing under control and he knows uh-huh. what's going on. And then he's there with the guy – who uh, or with a person who is sort of along for the ride, or you know, are they kind of mutually partners in the situation? And I think that a lot of like, there's a lot of interesting things about how much how much is the doctor letting the companion act? And this is something I always hated about Sherlock. The show is like for Watson and Sherlock, it's not none, not at all. But I think when you have uh, this relationship where the doctor is literally like her mentor. That mm. kind of irons it out a little bit because he's like teaching. Oh yeah, he things. literally says at some point like, "I'm your teacher. It's exactly. my job and to I'm, teach." And I think you that things. fixes a lot of things where it's like, "Well, yeah, of course he's gonna he's gonna wait for her to notice this because he's he's trying to teach her a thing." Mm-hmm. And I like that. I think it works a lot better than just like, "I'm the doctor and here's an idiot that I have along for the ride who I will just like showcase." <laughs> hey, how don't smart talk I about to. Dan that way. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's 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 deliberately keeping her in the dark because he wants her to notice a thing, and that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a good way I to agree. that's a good way to to keep uh keep their sort of disparate power levels on, <laughs> like like on. They're kind of to kind of have that in an interesting way that works a bit. Vegeta, better. what does the scouter say about this doctor's age? Oh my god, it's over two thousand. What happened? Okay. Seriously though, what happened? That that comes up later. There's a bit more to get to, but yeah. uh, but uh, meanwhile, a guy, a, a drunk yeah. guy, falls through the ice and gets eaten. 
whenever people fall through the ice, they leave behind like a, the, the whatever piece of their clothing or prop is like most emblematic of who they are. <laughs> like it's either their signature hat. This guy or with his drunk. propeller beanie falls this into the ice like and a the drunken, beanie floats down next to a him. A drunken fairgoer and he leaves behind his bottle to show that he was drunk and it's like, oh man. Uh, okay. So then we get a scene where this girl, uh, her name is Kitty. And she goes, oh, God, you see me, doggies? That's so ironic. And and then the doctor's like, well, if that's a, you have a little brown dog, then why is the leash, a giant leash for a giant dog? And it's also a white dog. Not very nice well con, thought out, I will say. Idiot. But but yeah, again, he's just, he's just like, don't worry, I, I I'm not gonna rat you out. I love I love lying I love to people. Crime. And tricking I love them. crime. This doctor loves crime. I love crime. Look, he's if, so if, cool. If if I always told the truth, you wouldn't have to trust me. And <laughs> her her partner in the in the con, uh, his name is picks... Spi- this motherfucker named Spider. He's like a seven year old boy named Spider. He's, he's so little, but he's got such a hard name. Well, like... for now, uh, he steals the sonic screwdriver, and they manage to get away after the girl kicks the doctor in the shin. Uh, there, there's a little a little argument here between Bill and the doctor over why it's called the sonic screwdriver, which is very silly, where she's like, how is that thing a screwdriver anyway? And he's like, it's a screwdriver in a very broad sense, okay? It's sonic. It makes a noise. Oh, I want to say, like, the only things that we see the sonic do this week are that it unties a rope and he uses it as a fucking flashlight. He, he uses a flashlight. There, also, uh... Does he untie the rope? I think he literally just makes it make a noise. Oh, I think you're right. How did the, I think you might be right. I think he uses it to attract the fish, maybe. And Either then he way. uses it a flashlight, which I guess he must have installed in the thousand years that passed between seasons. <laughs> he just learned something about himself. He's like, oh shit, this makes a light? Holy oh, if you fuck. push this button, it turns a light on. Um, uh, so they managed the to little... catch up to the kids, uh, but the boy, uh, Spider, he slows down because he notices the lights on the on the And they ice. start, like, circling around him. Yeah, and uh, he ends up falling through the ice. And... This is horrible, by the way. Like, oh, the yeah, this kid this is... Scene... We this watch kid... him get eaten. Dead. We watch a child die, and the way that it happens is, like, his arm is sticking out above the ice holding the Sonic, and, like, the doctor just manages to snatch the Sonic screwdriver out of his hand. Now, that's the question. Does he just manage to to snatch the Sonic screwdriver back, or... Is he trying to save the boy, or does he he only try to get the screwdriver back? I kind of think he was only trying to get the screwdriver, but, uh... Either way, we do see a child die, and I was really... die. I was waiting for the everybody lives moment of this episode where it turns out the fish is like, <laughs> nope. Hol- nope, that kid's dead. That kid's Even dead. like in The Beast Below, the little boy who fell to his death at the beginning actually survives. Yeah, no, that, kid, that kid's dead and the doctor and Bill, and Bill watches it and the doctor watches it. And, uh, and, and the doctor, also we, we should mention that when the kid falls through the ice, the, the spinning lights seal the hole up behind him so right. they can't even like reach in. And, uh, you know, and yeah, he grabs the screwdriver and he's like, Ah shit! Well, we got the screwdriver back. Let's get going. And and Bill's gone. Bill is like, "What? What do you mean? Let's go?" And he's like, "What? What do he, you want to do?" Talks to the, he talks to the the urchin whose name is Kitty. I can't remember who he said that. Um, and he's like, "Can we find the other the other urchins so we can uh, we can maybe help you guys out?" And then uh, and then Kitty's like, "By the way, did you know your friend's is gone?" 
I thought for like a second that she also got got by the ice monster. Nope. nope. No, she's just sad. She just went off she's to cry crying. because she's really, really upset that she just watched a child fall to his death in the ice and get eaten. And also uh, the fact that the doctor didn't really like, you know, freak out about it as much as she thinks he should. No, not really. And, and this is where we get a good, I think a good, we need these conversations to happen every once in a while, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Where the companion asks the doctor... How are you okay with he all also, of this? He also, by the way, she's crying because he just, like, callously walked away from the sight of a child's death. Yeah. And he, he like, catches up to her, and she's like, how did you find me? And he's like, as if you could outrun me, Edward Twilight. Very, uh, and he's, like, really smug about it, which is such a fucking inappropriate response in this situation. And, yeah, this doctor, he's... He's very, like, alien. He does mm-hmm. not really know how to, like, emotionally comfort Bill. Right. And she's she's upset because, I mean, first of all, because she's, like, never seen anyone die. Uh, there's a there's probably a reference to a previous episode where where he says, like, what about all those dead people in the garden? And she says, well, yeah, yeah I think they were... I think they were in a cemetery last episode right. is what was and they implied. Were, she's like, well, yeah, but they were already dead when we got there. And she says, how many people he He responds to that, by the way. Morally and practically, that's not a useful distinction. Unlearn it. <laughs> My dude. <laughs> My dude. And I, Oh, this I is where she like... says, don't tell me what to think. And he says, but I'm right. your teacher. This is what right. I do. Uh, first, she asks him how many people he's seen die. And uh, he basically says it's so many that I've lost count. And how yeah. long does it take for you to move on whenever it happens? Um and he ba- basically right away. And then she asks if he's ever killed anyone. She says, there, there's a look in your eyes sometimes that makes me wonder. And he says, well, have you heard of the Daleks? Right. Have you, have you ever seen the episode? No. And there's a Remem- reason for that. Have you ever remembered the, have you ever uh, remembered the Daleks? Or maybe have a remembrance you ever remembered of the of Daleks? The Daleks? <laughs> Not anymore, because I did blow them all up. Um, I like, but he's, he's, he says, like, well, sometimes you find yourself in a situation where options are limited. And she's like, answer the fucking question. And he's like, yes. And she says, how many people have you killed? And he just doesn't answer. And she's like, oh, you've moved on from them too, huh? And he's like, I, I have to or more people will die. This is where he mentions... He's like, you don't understand what it's like to be 2,000 years old. So so at some point between Eccleston and Capaldi, the Doctor has I'm, aged I'm, 1,000 oh, years. I can say uh, 11th Doctor, when Amy Pond was trying to fuck him, he said that he was 900 years old. Right, right, right. What happened? This or seems this to a- suggest that, I guess, after Matt Smith Doctor died... Capaldi just like went off and meditated for the entire duration of his life up to that point. I mean, I kind of like it, and I I feel like th- this doctor being over double his age as the last you know iteration of him. How much has this changed his his brain, his morals? It would certainly and, like, account for why he's so detached. This thing that we've seen, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, is that one of the doctors' like guiding philosophies is his 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 that he cherishes life uh-huh. like all varieties of life anything things that you wouldn't think matter that much he cares about right uh-huh. um and very rarely do you ever see him you know kill people or 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 do any kind of destructive Genocide. acts right uh except for when he <laughs> except for towards the daleks which he uh which he has a bit about uh but the point is that this is a very different i, I feel like this is a different uh take on him 
that I, I think is very interesting. It is interesting. Like, and and I feel like by the time we get to the 13th Doctor, I, I am curious if that's just because of what the regenerations do to the Doctor's personality. Right. Or if we're going to see the Doctor have some kind of arc. At, I mean, we won't see it. <laughs> the viewers but may see. If, if a normal viewer would see the 12th Doctor have some kind of arc where he, like, rediscovers the value right, of, of life. the Doctor, in 13th Doctor, in our hit episode Battle of Zoranskorav Kolos that we loved so much, was like, under no circumstances should you ever kill Tim Shaw. Right, which, which like, again, that could that could just be when the Doctor regenerates, the personality changes, and, and 13th I think that's Doctor true. is I think just a each, lot more compassionate than this one each personality is certainly different from the last, and I do think that that if this is to be the case, that Capaldi's twelfth Doctor is very much less uh, less affected by the deaths of of the people he's seeing. But I just want to get one Doctor who's like a fucking action psycho. hero who's like uh, doing tactical roles and firing shotguns. I at have people. heard, I have heard that there is a Doctor known as the War Doctor. And if that isn't the fucking John Wick of Doctors, I don't know. I mean, that's gotta be like a, like a one-off special or <laughs> I something. I think it is like a one-off special about like, it's, it's the fucking, let's move, go, go, go. It's like Call of Duty Doctor. When the going gets tough, the doctor becomes the war doctor. <laughs> the fucking war doctor. He's doing tactic, he's taking cover. It's like in, when, uh, Oh my god, yeah. the fourth doctor pulls off his scarf and ties it around his head like a <laughs> <Yeah>. bandana. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Um, okay, so, Doctor is 2000. Um, he has a very funny line that really, I think, calls into, uh, just like, it just shines a light on his, his own sort of hypocrisies as a character about when he says, he says, I've lived for 2000 years. I've never had the time for the luxury of outrage. You of all people, when you live for 2000 years. <laughs> Shouldn't you be the one who has the time to <laughs> contemplate the things the that you're talking about? The older you get, the matter you can afford to be. Like, like, shouldn't you be the most outraged when you've lived? Yeah. For so then I took years? a couple decades to be pissed off. It's the opposite when you've when you've lived for two thousand years, you must become detached because of all <laughs> of the people you've seen come and go and die, my dude. You're numb to it, and he doesn't yeah, accept but- that. I love it. But he says to her, like, uh, if, if you want to prevent the, any, any more deaths, we need to find those kids. Uh, and Kitty is standing right behind them and says, what are you talking about there? Uh, so she takes them to the, like, some kind of abandoned building where she lives with the other urchins. I love this little moment here where, where they're like, but there's nobody here. And she's like, come on out, everyone. And they all, like, come out of the, the shadows or whatever. But there's one little girl who happens to be the same girl who gave them the flyer earlier. And she, Kitty's like, you all are you were hiding really good. Except you, Dot. I could see your shoes. And Dot's like, of a, well, they're five sizes too big. It's not my fault. She makes me think of Mel Gedroich on Taskmaster when it was camouflage herself. And she's just hiding behind <laughs> her. Just, just pressed up against the wall. Is st- standing in the corner. <laughs> uh, okay. So... so um, we find out, so the doctor's like, doesn't some time pass and, uh, and the doctor's like reading a nursery rhyme to these little kids? Yeah, uh, before the time passes, uh, uh, Kitty, the doctor is like, oh, I see. So you lure people to the fair, like Dot did. Right. And then you rob them. And Kitty says, uh, 
promoting the fair is just a side job that we do for somebody. Yeah, it's above board. They're being paid by a guy to do that. And the a reason that there's a little a... time passage here is that there's another kid who says, where's Spider? And the doctor's like, hey, let's eat. And he he takes his hat off and pulls out like six more pies that he stole. He's been on his pie grind, and I respect that of him. Um, and so, yeah, we... Uh, My hat looks see. like this, so the urchin's <laughs> mouths could look like this. The urchin's bellies could look like this. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, we, we get a time pass. It's like that night. The doctor is reading a nursery rhyme to the to the little orphans by the fire. He's reading um, Struel, Peter, which I know because Dwight read it on The Office on Take hmm. Your Daughter to Work Day. There you go. It's the one it's about, about the, the guy who cuts your thumb off with big scissors if you suck your thumb. That's pretty fucked up, Doctor. Um, the doctor's this is, trying to this is out, the 1800s. This is what we yeah. did. This is like the most tame of ner- there's like a there's like Billy and the Eye Plucker. Uh, there's <laughs> Tongue is. Ripper. Well, here let me uh, let me pull it up and see what the other stories are. <laughs> Mickey's Dick Stomper. <laughs> here we go. Okay, Struel Peter. Uh, so the the name of the book uh, is Shaggy Peter is what it means. Uh, that's the first story. A boy who does not groom himself and is consequently unpopular. Uh, then there's the story of Wicked Frederick, a violent boy who terrorizes animals and people. Eventually, he's bitten by a dog who goes on to eat his food while Frederick is bedridden. I don't feel like this... I think that this uh, these these children's stories go un, uh, uncharacteristically hard on thumbsuckers. If it's like Billy the serial killer who kicks dogs. Well, here's one. Yeah. The third story is... The Very Sad Tale with the Matches. A girl plays with matches, accidentally ignites herself, and burns to death. There you go. I mean, that's that's someone that's going to stick with you. The Story that's of just... the Inky Boys. Nicholas catches three boys teasing a dark-skinned boy. To teach them a lesson, he dips them in black ink. Hmm. That the Story teach... of the Wild Huntsman. A hare steals a hunter's musket and eyeglasses and begins to hunt the hunter. In the ensuing chaos, the hare's child is burned by hot coffee and the hunter jumps into a well. I'm glad we made better books. I'm glad that we fixed books. Uh, then there's the su- the thumb sucker. Kid gets his thumbs cut off with scissors. Uh, the story of Soup Caspar. God, I would love to be Soup Caspar. Well, let me let me read this before I know if I want to be Soup Caspar. Caspar, uh, a healthy, strong boy, proclaims he will no longer eat his soup. Over the next five days, he wastes away and dies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining, by the way, I don't know why this is what has gone into my head, is these are the kinds of characters that would be monsters in a British Shin Megami Tensei game. <laughs> like, this is their mythology. It's the like story the story th- of Mara the Dick Chariot. There's like a big guy with a big... A pair of scissors and a necklace made of thumbs, or, or he's got a thumb for a head or something. I mean, like, honestly, any of these could be personas. A, a big bowl of soup. <laughs> like a, big, a boy in a big bowl of soup. A devil sitting on the toilet eating a big bowl of soup. <laughs> the story of Fidgety Philip, a boy who won't sit still at dinner, accidentally knocks all of his food onto the floor, to his parents' great displeasure. I assume they then murder him. <laughs> yeah, I love that only some of them ended the kids dying. It's like, and it's hard to figure out which don't eat your soup and you'll die play with matches and you'll die fidget and you'll make your parents mad at you that i mean sure this next Um, one is kind of nuts i mean they a lot of them are but this one is just very uh the story of johnny look in the air concerns a boy who habitually fails to watch where he's walking one day he falls into a river now the other stories you'd think this is where it would end he is soon rescued 
But his briefcase drifts away. No! No, Johnny, your briefcase! The Johnny, the little business boy. There's one more, which is uh, not... I think I think you end on Johnny losing his briefcase in the river. I don't know why they did one more, but uh, the story of Flying Robert. A boy goes outside during a storm. The wind catches um, his umbrella and lifts him high into the air. The story ends with him sailing into the distance. Fuck, no, that's a good persona right there. I would totally... You fuse together... You fuse together... Flying Robert! <laughs> you fuse together uh, Briefcase Billy and uh, Fidgety Freddy... And you get flying <laughs> robber, and he's got he's he knows the the nuclear spells, and those are really good. These are all under the icon- the arcana of the hairy boy. <laughs> I'm just saying they need they they need to they need to capitalize on their culture a little bit more. And I don't think that we we I think British persona is <laughs> it's a rancid product, and I don't want it to exist. I take back everything I said. <laughs> take back everything. Anyway, we I should said. we should hurry this up because my Dayquil is starting to wear off, and Hell I'm going to yeah. die. Okay, um, um, we we find out. So so apparently, a man with a ship on his hand, tattooed on his hand, according to one of the urchins, pays them to bring um bring people to the ice fair. The doctor says later's, and he dabs and puts on some shutter shades. And, he uh, does do that. Bill, uh, who is a youngster of the youthful generation, says, even my hair's cringing. Uh, so they go they go outside, and the doctor tells Bill his plan, which is, get eaten. I don't want to dwell on this too long, because it is, a sh- at the end of the day, it is a show for children. Where did they get two deep-sea diver suits He obviously hour? stole them. Where did they get those pies? <laughs> um... Yeah, they're just literally sitting there on the ice in their diver suits waiting to get eaten. Um, I like when Bill is like, we're not going to be like completely defenseless, are we? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I've got a screwdriver. Uh, so ultimately what happens, they also have ropes tied around their waists. Uh, so it's fine. Um, the doctor is like, I think that the the glowing light fish, whatever those things are, they must be intelligent because they waited until Spider was by himself. Uh, they walk a little bit apart from each other, and Bill gets surrounded by lights, uh, and he, like, runs over, and he, like, jumps as she falls through the ice. He jumps through the hole before it can close. And uh, he uses his screwdriver as a flashlight, which I... I love that. We, uh... What a, <laughs> what a novel idea. This is um, our... We have our... We have the Yaz test, and now we have the Sonic test, which is... Which is, can it be a flashlight? <laughs> does the doctor? It's it's here's how it works. It's does the doctor solve the problem by waving a sonic screwdriver at it? And if the answer is no, it's a it's a we light it passes it, it passes. But, the okay, test. but the, I think the other question is: Is it a problem that I'm okay with him solving like that? And also, does he use it as a flashlight? <laughs> Bonus. If points, so, it's a good episode. It's a good episode. Uh, uh, this episode passes both the sonic test. And the Yaz test. It does, even though it failed the bowling test. But that's not <laughs> the worst thing in the world. Uh, so they, they look up above them at the glowing fish swimming in circles. They uh, see a big... They see a big fish, and I... You know, sometimes... Uh, I, I love subtitles. I would never watch a show with subtitles. But sometimes the subtitles give the game away too much, I think. Um, or like they'll reveal information that I was not privy to in the well, sense that I think I caught whatever this was. What was it? Uh, well, you know, the, the fish makes a big noise 
and it makes like a big whale sound and uh-huh. the subtitles say something like like despairing noise or something like oh like, yeah sad yeah. noise and it's like it's like Whale song is always sad, though. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, the whale is chained up, and the, the, or the fish monster. It's is not a whale. Up. It's it's Lord Jabu Jabu. It's Lord Jabu. It's time. Sin from Final Fantasy X. Um, and and uh, he's chained up, and it's uh, you know he's a prisoner, uh, uh, and he's making sad whale noises, which the subtitles will thankfully tell me they're sad. Thank what you. is with Doctor Who and chaining up whales? Uh, oh yeah, this episode this is... should have just been called "The Beast Below" again. Maybe the maybe the big fish swum off into outer space and says, "Thank you for releasing me. I will return." Also, wait, hold on. It's also need. it's a big whale that is being chained up and forced to produce fuel. Well, I didn't know we were going to spoil the whole plot of the episode for our listeners right away, but okay. I mean, we're basically there. When I am big and the size of a world, I will return to help the people of England. <laughs> I hope that country. nobody tortures me again. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, it happened Oh, again. no! So, I mean, we do uh, know that the, the big whale does eat children. So, wait, who should wait. be fishing up above them? Hold on a second. Wait, I'm theory- shut up. I'm theory crafting. Shut up. I'm theory crafting oh, oh. right now. Because we know in the beast below that the star whale does not eat, does not like the taste of children. Only it likes uh-huh. the taste of disabled people, we learn. So it. is it possible that maybe the doctor setting him free was like, maybe it was like, as a show of gratitude, I will give up my favorite food of children. <laughs> I will fly off into space and grow as my kind is, is wont to do. And when you oh all, my God. when you need Can you imagine most. if Peter Capaldi looks at the whale and they like make eye contact and just goes, you again. <laughs> my dear, it's like Laboon from One Piece. It's like, oh shit, you have the connection to this big whale, your best friend across time. We're gonna see it. So see him all. The pie the man is fishing uh, up above. I I love when the doctor climbs out of the ice and sees him, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's you! I love your work." I like so when stupid. they picks up the big rubber fish, and he's he's it's a big old rubber fish, and he's like, "Ooh, this is the it's like the the deep sea fangly fish." Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bill is like, "Oh god, is this the fish that I ate earlier in the pie?" Um. And he goes, these are herbivores. There must be some kind of symbiotic relationship where they lure children into the big monster's mouth. Which ultimately is completely irrelevant, and I never, don't know why they brought it up. It's never brought up again. We don't find out what the little fish get from it, but okay. Um, uh, he pays them. So the doctor... Uh, 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 I got they, a they kind of speculate I, about whether this big fish is an alien from space, or if it is naturally on earth i got a chuckle never get an answer scene where they ask the pie man from the simpsons uh about have you seen a guy with a tattoo on of a ship on his hand and then the guy's like i work at the dock i see about a thousand of those every day and then (laughs) i like the doctor when when he asks him the question and the the pie man just kind of like stares at him and the doctor is like you're against tattoos me too are you are you against tattoos me too we're bonding aren't we that was tell me what i want to know that was a line that got a chuckle out of me something at some point in his 2000 uh, years of life he this man has completely lost the ability to normally interact (laughs) with people uh just no communication. Not that skills. he ever really had it, right? I mean, he kind of had it at some point. Some doctors have had some it. Some of them did. I think I would uh, argue that uh, I would argue that Ninth Doctor was a pretty good communicator. Yeah, um, sure. 
so yeah, the Pie Man is like, we're by the docks. Of fucking course, I've seen a million people with ship tattoos. Don't be ridiculous. And Bill is like, okay, let me change the question. Have you seen anyone suspicious? And he's like, oh, well, the the dredgers are working all day and night every day. And, they, and no one is allowed to go near their workhouse. Uh, so it's the next morning. They're at the workhouse. Psychic He's got paper. his psychic paper ready. It turns it. out he works for the palace. Did you know that? He works with, uh, he comes up, uh, bad liar also, worse, way worse liar than he usually is, where he's just like, uh, the, he, he pulls out his paper and then the, the, like, foreman or whatever is like, ah, you must be, uh, did Lord Sutcliffe send you? And he's just like, uh-huh, I did. I did the thing. You know me. I love to be here in at when Lord Sutcliffe asks, wink wink. I love I love though their interaction with this guy because the doctor basically realizes immediately, like, this guy is not smart. All I have to do is social engineer the answers I need out of him by just pretending that I know them already and see what he will tell me. So Bill is, like, looking at these, like, bricks of sloppy mud that the dredgers are digging up out of the river. Uh, also, they are, um, they, we, we get a thing that's like, oh, the head's a mile away. It's, it's funny, funny poop, poop, It's shitting out these bricks of mud, and Bill is like, ew, and, and, like, drops it. Uh, so the doctor is like, ah, Mr. Overseer, sir, so you know how this is all very shady, and he's like, uh-huh, yes, sir. And he's like, I came here to make sure that the uh, that the shipments are not being uh, like observed by anyone. And he's like, Yes, sir. We always use unmarked carts, and I trust all these men. Don't worry about it. And he's like, So they're making it all the way to Hampton without being caught. And the guy's like, No, sir. To the steel mill, of course. And he's like, That's Ah, Hampton is is our code name for the steel mill. And the guy's like, ooh, good good point, sir. Good point. Well, you know, when you see a well-dressed wealthy man or a well-dressed uh, guy who works for your boss, you got to agree with him, even though he's Also, saying... the psychic paper does make him think that he works for the palace. Uh, I, he, he says something here where he's like, I'm using code. Otherwise, anyone could walk in here and get you blabbing like a fool. And the guy's like, ah, excellent, sir. So smart. Um, so so he, apparently he likes speculate. He's like, well, if you're a smart man, what do you think this stuff is for? And he says, well, you know, it's uh, well, they don't let we're us. We're not smoke allowed here, to smoke here, so it must be flammable. In fact, it's probably this stuff, fuel for the furnaces because we're burns, taking it to the steel mill. This stuff burns a thousand times longer and uh, hotter than coal, and it even burns underwater. And then, funny joke here, alert! Funny joke. Um, when he says it burns underwater. Uh, cut to Bill, who's holding the br- big brown sloppy brick, and she says, "No shh," and then it cut. We don't. And what then we think? hear a horse whinny. What do you think she? Like, <laughs> what do you think she said? What do you think? Uh, she no, said? surely that's not true. <laughs> Things can't burn underwater. Uh, they have now decided. I do. Gonna... I I want to say one last thing about yeah. the doctor completely coaxing this guy into a snafu. I love when he's like. When when the guy's like, ah, yes, I always keep my ear to the ground, and they say this stuff burns hotter than coal, and uh, the doctor's like, ah, yes, if you if you keep this up, I can you you won't be working in this yard for very long, and the guy's like, oh, you think so? And he's like, I guarantee it. They're gonna go pay Lord Sutcliffe a visit, and they're gonna tattle on this. Guy I've got to so say, mad. I've never. <laughs> I've never known the psychic paper to, like, reveal 
information that is usable to the doctor before. Or it's like, well, oh. it did. It didn't. He didn't know what it said. The no, guy exactly. just was like, "Oh, you're from the palace." Did Lord Sutcliffe send I you? I love and he's that like, though. He's yes, like, <laughs> yes, that is what happened. Thank I you. wish the doctor could use the psychic paper on himself. Say, oh, this paper says I work for Lord Sutcliffe. Yeah, just like hold it up to someone and be like, "Uh, tell me what this says." And they're like, "It says that you have a big dick." And the doctor's like, "Ah." Got him. Thank you. Uh, they go to pay Lord Sutcliffe a visit. They're currently under operating under the assumption that maybe this guy is an alien because the big fish is producing, uh, quote, fuel suitable for interstellar travel. I don't yes. know about that. And also that. he's grinding up human children for it. I don't know about the, f- the burning the shit bricks to power your interstellar spaceships. But okay, Doctor, you're the Doctor. Well, you know, that's just his theory. He's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but this person is is, like, killing humans to make a very powerful fuel. Like, that sounds like something an alien might do. Maybe he's, like, stranded here or something. He's just... He's just just vibing vibing it out. So they go inside. Um, They've, you know, they psychic-papered their way in. He sits down. uh, Bill, literally, she sits down. It's important for later. And he says, uh, you know, I need you to do me a favor. Let me do the talking, because you have a temper. And you know, here's my wisdom for you. He says, passion fights, but reason wins. And he cl- clicks like on a Reddit post. That's a Reddit post. And then post. Lord Sutcliffe walks in and he says, ah, Dr. Disco. From the Fairford Club. I guess he I want to meet Dr. Disco. I want to meet, he doesn't know what Disco is. It doesn't mean anything to him. Doesn't mean anything to him yet. Um, I guess he thinks the doctor's from like a social club or something for gentlemen, uh, Dr. Disco's social club for, for jazzy boys. Um, uh-huh. D- uh, Sutcliffe walks in, he sees Bill sitting, um, and says racism at her, and then the doctor punches him in the face. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I like, the doctor punches him in the face, and he's like, yes, he's human, all right, about 31 years of age, low on iron also, and Bill says, yeah, that would have been pretty convincing racism for an alien. Yeah, we would never, uh, time, to, there will never be, you know, the doctor in his young, youthful ignorance does not comprehend the fact that a time-traveling space alien would be racist yeah so some burly men walk in and tie them up uh and they ask once sutcliffe gets up they ask him about the creature in the river he says it's always been there uh but the secret stays in the sutcliffe family. it's like a generation to generate have they just always been feeding children to this big sea monster I guess. Presumably, yes. At every frost fair, I guess. And I really like the doctor is like, you're killing people in the frost fairs. And then he says, well, you know, the frost fairs are already pretty irresponsible. They're walking out on the ice. And by the way, my fuel is replacing coal, which people die mining. So actually, if you think about it. So when you think about it, it's fine. And actually, it's a moral imperative that I feed children to the big fish. If I could choose between pulling the lever, between not pulling the lever and five people dying, and me pulling the lever and 500 people dying, it's my obligation as a moralist to pull the lever and kill 500 people. I like when the doctor is And also, by the way, when I pull the lever, millions of dollars appear in my pocket is the other thing that happens. Oh, funny how that works. I like when the doctor's like, ugh, I liked it better when I thought you were a stranded alien. (laughs) Yeah. 
turns out that that tells turns out that wealthy Victorian or I guess this isn't Victorian times. Wealthy Regency era uh, uh, British men are are very are much more evil than a space alien could possibly. I also be. Uh, we should mention that the Doctor notices that the person who's restraining him has a tattoo of a ship Whoa, on his hand. Shit, that so this is when he, he's like, aha. Do you know what you I said? are promoting you know, the fair to make you, sure that as many people as possible go there and fall in the river? And he's like, yeah. Do you know but what I, I also make the I fair saw, really good? So it's very fun for them before they get drowned. Also, he says, and by the way, um, my biggest weakness is is bowling balls. And you go, mmm, this is going to come. Ah, up I should have brought that up earlier. Yeah. So that's why I was so disappointed. Uh, Sutcliffe says something like. Uh, I, I'm in a position to decide who is, whose life matters more or something. Or no, the, the it's doctor, the doctor like, who's like, the, what, what gives you yeah, the right the to decide? outlines his whole moral philosophy in a way. He says, he says that human progress is not met, is not measured by like industry or technology. It's measured by how much you value you place on a on an unimportant quote unimportant life basically your progress as a civilization is based on compassion towards people less fortunate than yourself i suppose and Sut- <laughs> and sutcliffe goes and this is almost word for word that was a beautiful speech it would move anyone with an ounce of compassion too bad i'm fucking evil Ooh, but is, 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 is the like, like okay hold on is, is but is the doctor saying that like like a the the most progress is seen when you like provide welfare programs and socialized health care i'm not like doing a bit here i'm asking is that what he's saying is that what the doctor believes is that what this doctor believes i mean basically yeah that's what he said like the 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 measure of whether a civilization is good is whether or not they it doesn't put say value good. He doesn't, on lives without say, privilege. He doesn't yeah. say good. He says the progress or like the how advanced a civilization is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't yeah. feed children to the star whale, guys. I mean, do you disagree? No, I don't disagree. I'm not saying – I'm saying that's a good thing for the doctor to believe. I, I just didn't know that that's what the doctor thought. But I guess that in uh, – I guess that in uh, The Doctor Dances, he says, don't forget about the welfare don't state. For, don't forget about the welfare state. I guess he this is – at the end of the day, this is his main driving goal is to make sure that, <laughs> make sure that, the, yeah. that, that Britain stays socialist, which, you know. We will all be welfare king. queens. I guess he's been pretty ineffective of that at that, though. No, he's uh, doing a terrible job. We- uh, Sutcliffe <laughs> – Sutcliffe, though, proudly announces that he's evil and that he's the villain of the episode. <laughs> he loves and he being says, evil so much. And he says, uh, uh, Goober and Boober, uh, it's time to move up the plan, because if they know about the beast, others will know about the beast. Put so them in the time- tent with the red exploding barrels. It's time to put them in the tent with the red exploding barrels. Uh, there's a very silly little moment when they're being like driven back to the Frost Fair in a carriage, and Bill is like... Whatever happened to no time for outrage? And the doctor's like, please, I'm the only one who's allowed to be smug. Isn't she like, how how long do you have to live before you can make a speech like that? Which that, Oh this my is god, this line was doctor, cringe as fuck. Doctor jerk off moment of the episode. Because, yeah, she she's like, 2,000 years, huh? That speech was worth the wait. Shut, Shut up. up. Shut up. That Shut wasn't up. That, it was fine. It wasn't that you, good. Come you on. Can, you can make a speech and you can have your characters be like, that was a very compassionate thing that you said. You don't need the characters then to also be like, that's the best 
goddamn speech I ever heard. Such a fucking jerk off to the doctor, and also to the writer of the episode that you'd have write an ep- write a character saying that the speech that you wrote was so good yeah. that it was worth living. Write the speech and then write everyone applauding for it. I mean, I guess. I that's mean, I what... guess if it's that powerful of a speech, but you don't need to be like you have to live two. I mean, I was years. crying. I will say, I was crying and shitting. <laughs> I was saluting and shitting and crying and. I screamed so loud that my face threw melted. Up. Uh, they're in the tent. They're all. T- they're in a very like comedic uh, cartoon situation where they've been tied to the post of a tent in a tent full of red exploding barrels, um, and they're tied up with rope. Apparently, I did think it was very uh, funny and unnecessary that he is specifically using the shit fuel as explosives. Like he couldn't just get some dynamite. Not to not to like sit here and poke holes in the episode. Um, but, but he talks about, like, what's gonna happen is that the bombs are gonna go off, a bunch of people are gonna, uh, the elephant that we saw earlier is gonna draw a big crowd, then the fireworks are gonna go off, a bunch of people are gonna die and get eaten by the fish, and, you know, this'll be, this'll be, uh, a footnote in the papers tomorrow, uh, or in a month from now, that a fireworks display caused an accident at the ice fair. Uh-huh. Now, my thought on this this is that if I'm the industrialist whose goal is to feed as many people to the ice mo- the fish monster as well, first of all, just grab people off the street and toss them in, yeah. Uh, but second of all, if I'm going with this ice fair strategy, I my goal would be to keep the ice fairs going as long as humanly possible. And an accident like this would probably not be great for business, would it? That's that's a good point. I have two more good points. Uh, I actually, um, I think that this point is going to be well worth the wait. One of the greatest points you'll ever 2, hear. 2,000 years in the making, you might say. Yeah, one might say. Um, number one, <laughs> if he is doing all of this to produce more fuel, why would his plan involve blowing up 15 barrels of fuel? Well... You know, you got to spend a little money to make money. I just don't. I we don't surely know, maybe we don't know how much how much law uh, of thir- thir- law of thermodynamics. There's no way that this is going to produce more fuel than it costs. I don't think that's what the law of thermodynamics says. Shh, you got to spend. <laughs> you got to spend. Blow up. Bombs. Spend entropy to make entropy. Uh, thing number two. If this fuel is as powerful as they have said. He's going to blow London into outer space. And the Starwell will be there to pick it up. <laughs> yes. Every so much of matters. this fuel that he's planning on blowing up. It's nuts. Do we know that those barrels... Do we know enough about this fuel to make these statements confidently? They said that it burns a thousand times do longer than coal and so hot that they can't measure it. Do we know that the barrels are completely full of the fuel? Why wouldn't they be? Because you don't need a lot of it to make a big explosion. Why Why would they have 15 barrels each to make with a it drop look of fuel? In, to make it look more impressive. <laughs> to the viewer? Yeah. Uh, so the doctor... They worked so hard on those barrels, Sam. Can't you show them at least a little bit of respect? Oh, also Sutcliffe mentions that they're going to detonate the explosives at noon, which is not helpful to us because I don't think we know what time it is, but okay. Uh, but Bill... After Sutcliffe leaves, Bill is like, Haha, check this out, and just starts screaming, but is completely drowned out by the crowds. Scream if you like elephants! Ah! <laughs> if you want to see more wrestling, scream the traditional word, help! <laughs> um, we then see, okay, the doctor's like, that's not gonna work here. In my back pocket, I've got my Sonic. 
thankfully, Spider left it for me. Um, we get a little like his noble sacrifice, a little rescue, a little scene. Where I'm sorry, like, did we mention the part where we see the whale burp out his hat? We did see the whale burp out his hat, and as I've said, the whale does not digest the most uh, the most important signifier of the person that it eats. Just for us as the viewer. <laughs> um, so they're like spinning around. They're like scooting around this pole that they're tied to, like kicking the Sonic around. The doctor, I thought he had it set AB159 to set to rope untie, uh, mm-hmm. like he did in Doctor Dances, but I guess he's just, I, I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to do something. Well, no, 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 no. He, sa- he says, uh, because Bill is, he's like using the screwdriver and like all the fish are swimming around them underwater, under the ice rather. I mean, it is also underwater. And Bill is like, Doctor, what are you doing? We're being surrounded by fish. And he's like, yeah, that's right. Remember, the fish use sound to find their victims. And this is a sonic screwdriver, remember? And the guard outside sees all the all the glowing lights coming Oi, in under the, under the ice. And he's like, oh, God, what are you doing? And the Doctor is like, what does he do? He... The guard, oh, the guard, like, grabs the screwdriver, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what you're doing, but stop that. But it's still running, so now the guard is surrounded by fish, and they're gonna get him. And then he's, he's like, trying to tell the guy how to turn it off, and the guy's like, I don't get it, I don't get it. And he's like, oh, just give it here. And the guy tosses it back to him right as he falls through the ice to his death, and the doctor quips, I'm afraid it has a knack to it. And Bill is like... You, you killed just the killed guy. that guy. <laughs> you just killed a man in front of me. I will say, I again, I couldn't tell if he was trying to kill the guard, or or if he was legitimately trying to help him turn it off. But I'm pretty sure he intentionally killed the guard. Now here's the weird part. This is weird. Um, and this feels like the show is directly responding to our Yaz test. Where yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctor, they, 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 they get up. They, uh, I think, I think they, they get untied somehow. Um, and the doctor's like, <laughs> and I don't know where this comes from because this, this has never, never happened before. This has never happened before. But he's he, like, he changed in those thousand years. Uh-huh. I guess uh, he's like, I. We have a creature down there, which he calls Tiny, I think, and he says... Maybe, okay, but I will say, maybe this is just something about the, like, teacher-student dynamic that the two of them have specifically. Right, where he's like, I want you right now to tell me what to do. Or, like, what do you want to do with this creature? Do you want him to... Do you want to kill it, or do you want to set it free? Press the right trigger to kill this creature and press (laughs) the... Vote now on your phone. Yeah. Um, And he's like, I'm asking you what to do. I need you to give me an order. The fu- is is the is the future, whatever future we create, worth the suffering of this creature? And it's just like when I mean I don't dislike it. I I like that he's giving her agency, but it also feels very forced. She's not asking for yeah, this. She's not. This is why I'm thinking this might be specific to their right. relationship. Uh, but yeah, she's she says something like. Uh, don't you already know all the answers anyway? Why are you asking me? And he says, only fools think they know all the answers. And then he, like, tips his fedora. <laughs> um, so he's like, give me an order, Bill. And she thinks about it, and she remembers the sad whale song, and she's like, I want you to save the creature. And he says, okay, I'll take care of that. You get everyone off the ice. Uh I love that she walks out of the tent and almost immediately finds Kitty and another child picking someone's pocket with the dog leash trick. 
they're doing it. They're out here on their grind. You know, everyone's got a grind and you have to respect it. Um, yeah, so she's like, okay, kitty dot all, all you urchins. We need to get everyone off the ice. So they go around yelling like the ice is thawing. We saw, we saw a lady fall in everyone off the ice, especially the elephant. And then everyone starts running and slamming on the ice by Brett. No, uh, Sutcliffe is like, no, I gotta no, no. see that elephant. I like that. Su- I didn't realize that Sutcliffe was like here presiding over the festivities, but he's like, no, guys, there's no thaw. Go back on the ice. Yeah. It's like, get back on the and ice, he's everyone. Standing and they're like, next to a no. fucking big bomb plunger at the same time as he's telling no, people to go back no, no, on no, no, the no, ice. No, no, no. No, no, no. He has to run over to it. Right, but it is there, out in the open, where it's, people. It's can a see ways it. away. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's in an area with no tents or whatever. Oh, so it's in uh, the, it's in an area where everyone can see it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so he uh, he runs over and he's like, "Damn it! I have to do it now while there's still some people on the ice." I love that he's like. Fuck, if I can't if I can't kill a thousand people, I'm damn sure gonna kill five people. He's gotta like, think don't, about don't just not do it. We've gotta think about the morality. Think about how many people will die in the coal mines if he doesn't kill at least a couple kids. <laughs> so he uh he goes to the detonator and he pushes the big comedy TV cartoon plunger. Nothing happens. Except and- it does under the water i love this because shit, the though. doctor put on his his fucking ancient diver suit he did this so fast and he put even... all the barrels next to the chains and blew the chains off the big creature now i'm just thinking about uh the american event known as whale explosion we I, know I was also thinking about whale explosion stuff earlier. burns a thousand times hotter than whatever and it also burns underwater see everything's a callback this is so important um and also, uh, we see uh, Bill say, get off the ice. Oh, yeah. Did I'll I mention sh- that London just got blasted into outer space? <laughs> get off the ice. I'll show you. If you get off the ice, I'll show you my cool bowling skills on the docks. But anyway. But see, that's what happens is everything gets blasted into the sky. And Bill's like, no. She looks up and she's like, no, it's going into space. I need to pull it back down. Is there anything heavy that I can? <gasps> this bowling ball. And she throws it. <laughs> What does she throw? It it flies up in the air and it lands. Is it Newton's third law? She throws it up so hard, so fast, so good that Earth flies. Equal and opposite reaction. The 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 she is pushed downwards, pushing London back into the crater. Yeah, but then the doctor pulls out his screwdriver and says, "Don't worry." Breaks the first rule of ever of bomb, which is he pushes the plunger. The bomb doesn't go off, and he says, "Okay, better go up to the bomb and investigate." (laughs) <laughs> and that just seems irresponsible, and I'm just feeling bad for I feel bad for the racist uh, murderer Lord Sutcliffe for his He's irresponsible so handling of these explosives. Yeah, if he had uh, followed proper safety protocols, he might still be alive today in 2023 at the ripe old age of 275 years old. Yeah, he he like walks out of the tent and the ice breaks open and he fucking dies. The doctor's killing people left and right. He also left his sonic screwdriver in the Why tent. Why did for no he reason. leave his sonic screwdriver in the in the tent? Was it was it to, a gift. Was it to attract the fish to the tent because he knew that Sutcliffe would, when the bomb doesn't go off, the first thing he would do is run in the direction of the unexploded <laughs> bomb that he had just pressed the plunger on? Hey, why didn't my bomb go Let off? I'm going to hit there. it with a hammer. Let me check this shit out. Let me kick it. Um, the The doctor, like, did he climb out of the dredging hole? Was that where he ended up? I don't know. He's yeah. He's on the dock. Uh, he pulls Bill off of the ice. She's, like, running. The ice is, like, break Because the creature is emerging. 
Yes. Um, and we don't see the part where the creature flies off into outer space to become the star <laughs> whale, but we well, know it happens. He- he specifically says, uh, he's like, I hope that it's smart enough to avoid humans from now on. And it's probably going somewhere cold. I'll check in on Greenland in a while. Because she says, well, because she says, what if, what if we just doomed Greenland? And he says, I'll go, I guess I'll have to go check in. I'll go check he, in. Li- he lied. But they, but they hear it singing and it's a happy whale song now. Every day I'm shuffling. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then they, they get splashed, comedy splashed children's show um and then the end of the their travel through regency england is that they are back at lord sutcliffe's house this ending is so so nuts wild it's just like this is uh, to me we, we always get i always feel like this is a very like lib take on on this kind of thing where you just designate a small number of deserving the urchins people. should now be steel mill owners the urchins should now own a big house and be rich and this will somehow right i mean i don't know what the doctor is supposed to do here uh but according to his logic progress is determined by i don't know I, he, when an urchin has a big house when an urchin gets a big house so what happens is what i the kids have arrived at sutcliffe's house they're sitting down to a big like roast chicken and big glasses of milk I i'm assuming that he wa- that the doctor showed up with his psychic paper reading i am here's a this is a letter from me lord sutcliffe i'm gonna die uh and some people are gonna show up just let them do whatever they want uh we see the doctor uh forging historical documents and he one of the urchins well at like, the time he's just forging documents they don't become historical until later he's like one of the random boys, because Spider's dead. He's like, you there, There's boy. only one boy with the urchins left. So he's like, this this will be Lord Sutcliffe's long-lost heir, it turns out. And he forges a document saying that they're the special children who get to live in the big house and uh, profit off of child labor uh, for the rest of I, the life. I, lo- I really did like that the boys... Oh, this is why I was Samuel Elephant Sutcliffe, is because the boy, <laughs> the boy's name is Perry... So he, he, we see him write down Peregrine in the Sutcliffe. in the knock in the document, Lord Peregrine Sutcliffe. I had to like check. I was wondering. There was a brief moment in my mind where it was going to be like the <laughs> fucking Victorian philanthropist, beloved philanthropist <laughs> of history, Peregrine Sutcliffe, and that this was like a real person. And that boy's name was Albert Einstein. So Albert then they return Einstein to Sutcliffe. the doctor's to, office. This is. Listen, I love when the Doctor is, like, a cartoon character. Like, I love Seventh Doctor with his magic tricks and his question marks. I think that uh-huh. the Doctor having a base of operation, this, like, fancy professor office that he lives in, and his, his butler, who is Matt, uh, uh, Matt Lucas, who may or may not be a, a robot, I haven't decided yet. Like, <laughs> he needs his fucking Doctor cave. I think it's important that he has one. I love it. And it's I, it, so good. I wonder, do we think that he literally works at a at a university I think he as this doctor? At, yeah, I think that's his cover. Is, is Bill literally a student of his? I think so. I, it, it's entirely possible because, okay, so what happens is, like, they show up at the doctor's cozy, like, office with a big fireplace and and, a, and mahogany furniture or whatever i uh, i will say i did like matt lucas's first line when he walks in he's got a big tray and he says here's your tea doctor i put some coffee in it for flavor he i'm every time matt lucas is on tv and not being racist it's a big win for us yeah um, <laughs> he didn't wear any blackface he didn't do week. any blackface 
at all this week, and I really we got to respect him for it. He's trying very hard. He's learning and growing. You know, <laughs> once he, in a blue moon, he's like. So he's. I don't know why he's like. No, you promised me, Doctor. No more changing history. And then the doctor. I mean, it's like, pretty. It's pretty clear. Even though I have no idea what's going on, there's a lot going on here. Like right. Matt Lucas is this here. Is, <laughs> this he's is like character. you promised that you wouldn't take the TARDIS anywhere. And then there's like a giant glowing door in a minute. He says, "Well, what happened?" He says, "Like you promised not to at least go off world," which he didn't go off world. He stayed in it. But anyway, and then he says, "Okay." Okay, we'll do a coin flip. He- Doctor says it because he learned the coin flip trick at some point. He's like, heads, I don't do anything. And, and you know what I said? Oh, boy. Ah. Ah. And then we cut to Matt Lucas downstairs. Oh, yeah, I do I do like when he's like, you said you wouldn't go off world, but look at your clothes. And he's like, uh, these are clearly Earth clothes. This is why I'm so certain that Matt Lucas is like a robot. Because he also has a line about he's down in this creepy basement in front of the thousand-year door. Um, that has like lights and glyphs all over it. And he says something about like, you reconstructed me, doctor. And here I am. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's, I never asked to be reassembled, did I? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And there's like a big pounding on the door. This is, this is the shit where I stop caring. This is where I disengage, which is so funny. <laughs> like nothing makes me disengage from Doctor Who more than setting up broader arcs and mysteries because that I just want it to be one off time travel shenanigans for most of the season. I, I mean, you've seen more Doctor Who than I have famously, but I, I'm, I'm potentially interested in whatever I this is. I don't give there's a fuck like a... about what's behind Matt Lucas's door. I want to know what's behind his funny if door. If I want There's to see a Matt Lucas open up and... a door, I'll wait for him to get fired from Bake Off and he starts hosting the British version of Let's Fit Make a Deal. <laughs> But anyway, there's a banging on the door and he's like, he's like, hey, I'm not going to let you out of there just because you're knocking on it. And he's like, he's like, as long as I'm here, you're not getting out. And then he like walks away whimpering. We've got so we've got doctor in his office with his butler assistant, maybe robot Matt Lucas, who has a guy behind a big glowing door. What the fuck is going on? I'm fascinated by this. It's a shame this, we'll never find out, but this is this we, is where you really got to say, "Doctor, huh? Huh? We need Next to talk time. about you nope, you moved oh. on from it, but we need to talk about Bill googling London 1814 right. sea oh, monster. Oh, I completely forgot about. Yes, it, it's I kind of dig the way they they lampshade this a bit where the doctor's like she's like how the fuck cuz obviously there's this whole oh, it, well, Ace, don't you know that you're human ignorance? You are all fools and you don't notice what's under your noses. Uh, you have no swag. Uh, but, but she's like, how the fuck did nobody notice the giant sea monster take off and fly into outer space to become the star whale in 1814? And the doctor's like, well, you see, your human capacity for ignorance. And also everybody was day drinking because it was everybody a, was drunk everybody anyway. Everybody was drunk off their ass and they didn't notice it. Good shit. I he like then- it. It's kind of funny. She does continue Googling, by the way, and finds a head... There's one headline from that day, which is, Lord Sutcliffe drowns in Snap Thaw. Shock as Steel Fortune is passed to Street Urchin. And she's just skimming it. She's like, okay, yeah, everyone got really pissed off. Uh Uh-huh. Everyone contested the inheritance. But the Urchin boy was ultimately deemed legitimate, and he became the nice Lord Sutcliffe of the big steel mill fortune. (laughs) He he gave the child laborers a two-pence raise. Yay! And, <laughs> and Bill's like, oh, you saved them, Doctor. And he says, no, you gave the order. You saved them, boss. There was no point at the episode, no point in the episode where 
where Bill said, save those kids, Doctor. But okay. Next time on Doctor Who, there's an old man with a big house, but don't try to get into the tower, and the house is eating people. It's the hit movie Monster House that we all know and love. Um, Oh, so it's a girl house. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because she's got a uvula. I get it. Uh, Um, That's the end of the episode. What'd you think? It was a, I would say, as far as one-off time travel adventures go, I would say this is a pretty okay episode. I'd give it a... I give it a B minus. Am I? Am I give I, it a solid B. I uh, and I like Capaldi. I thought he's a good doctor. I like Capaldi. He's a good one. I like I've Bill. heard. I've heard the the ongoing uh, opinion about this era of Doctor Who is that the writing is usually bad, but Capaldi is usually good. And I'm seeing that. I mean, the writing was fine in this episode. It was. It was okay. Yeah, I thought. I thought this was a, a perfectly solid episode. I didn't. It, it, I didn't get blown away it's into not outer space gonna, by a big bomb, but I did like yeah. it. I thought it was okay. It's pretty good. B B minus. B regular. Um and uh, but now, Jordan, this is the most impar- exciting part of our of our day, which is what are we watching next? What are we watching next? Here we go. Randomize. Oh <laughs> Christ, that's a high number. Uh-oh. Are we back with Jody? Well, Jordan, we are watching the final episode of series th- Nope, sorry, not the final. I need to look at the letter, not just the number. I'm a fucking idiot here. Uh, oh, okay, so series 13 is apparently, like, one big serial called Flux, I guess? Of Doctor, uh, this is, who are we, who do we got? We got Jody. We got Jody. Series 13 is a single story arc called Flux, and we huh. are watching series 13 episode 3 of 6 called Once, Comma, Upon Time. So I'm, I'm already dreading this a little bit because if this is, I mean, this is, this is what our show was meant to do, which is drop us into completely out of context. And if season, series 13 is one long story arc, then we're going to be very confused. Uh, the Radio Times called the episode one of the most dizzying and blatantly confusing episodes of <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, the but Independent we- called it a meaningless mess. But we always, but I will say that we all, almost always, the critical reception of these episodes means fucking nothing to us. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and maybe it's because we're watching these devoid of context and we only get to watch the episode by its own merits. But if this is one big long arc, uh, then I'm not, I'm already unexcited for this episode. But I am excited for it because we are going to see Dan the Man again. I do like Dan the Man. Is this is this this is after the season after Sea Devils? Is this the most recent season? No, Sea Devils was like the very end. It was the second of the three specials that led up to where we're at now. Dan is like, I'm so glad that we dealt with the Flux monster that ate time. Now let's go on Ooh, a gray worms adventure. in it. Who? Grey Worm. Oh, the character from Game of Thrones is in it. Jacob Anderson. Okay, Jacob Anderson. Jacob Anderson talking in his his American funny accent from Game Grumps. Yeah, he'll do an American accent on this one. Um, yeah, that's it for this episode. Let's do our routine wrap up, huh? Uh, yes, Jordan. It's true. If anyone wants to support us, they can do so at Patreon.com/slash/PottingBros. The rumors are true. Where one dollar. You get a mildly special Discord role marking you as lightly coated in slime, which gets you access to all of our bonus content, including right now, we're watching classic Doctor Who. We have seen uh, our first couple episodes of the fourth Doctor. We watched an episode that was very heavy. 
<coughs> on lighthouse operations. We uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be finishing that for our next episode. We watched the first half. We're gonna watch the second half for our next bonus episode. So check that out. It's gonna you're be really good. Exci- you're really excited for it. I'm really excited for it. Five dollars gets you a pretty special Discord role. Marking you as entirely covered in slime and gets you a shout out in the podcast. And you can send us a message that we'll read in one of our many funny voices, like Dalek and such. Ten dollars gets you an incredibly special Discord role. Marking you as a companion of the show who's made of slime. Which lets you listen to the podcast live while we record it in addition to all that other bull crap. Shit. It sucks. Just Fuck kidding. that it's shit. Good. Give us $10 or you're not our friend. <laughs> Give us money if you want us to watch Torchwood and eventually the Doctor Who movie where the eighth Doctor's in. And Sarah Jane Adventures, I think. That's our that's our big goal. That's never going to happen. That's, no, we're not we making, will never watch no, we're Sarah, never Jane watching Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh... Thank you to our 10 and $5 subscribers, Cassidy, Destry Hawk, HK, Dan Big Challenges, Silva, JCH, Roy, Stephanie B, Stephanie Karen, and Tasty Sea Sponge. Thank we have you. a message this week. Whose turn is it to read the message? Yours. Meast. This is a request from Dan. Dan the Man. This is a Ben voice request. Friend of the show, Dan the Man. Let's see. It's Ben voice, ASMR, optional. And ASMR has not been specified, so I'm going to say ASMR, no. What in the world, Dan? All right. Don't fuck with me. I'm close to leveling up and you look like just enough XP. That is, of course, what Ben Boykovich said to Ricky Underwood in most episodes of The Secret Life what? of the American Teenager. <laughs> what is that? that sounds like it's from, like, a really oh, shitty... Oh, it's a, it's a shirt. Oh, okay. It's a shirt that goes viral every once it's very in a while. Cool, very cool shirt. And Ben said it to Ricky on Secret Ben Life. did say it to Ricky before he got clobbered by the boo-boo man. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough talking about that show. For oh, today. I have some notes here, actually. Yeah? Uh, I wrote these. I don't remember what they said. I remember one one day uh, when I had COVID real bad, I woke up at, or I didn't wake up. I couldn't sleep, and it was 4 a.m., and I wrote down some stuff that I wanted us to talk about on the podcast. Uh, okay. Let's see what I wrote here. Um. Oh, I was supposed to, I okay. Yeah, okay. I said I was going to... I wanted to say that I got COVID at a Doctor Who convention and that everyone said the prayer for me. Mm, I, hmm. Well, first of all, very irresponsible for you, of you to go to a Doctor Who convention. You know, yeah, I know sorry. that I know that we pretend that like I like the, we like to pretend that COVID's over. But well, know. I did I did a Doctor Who panel. I should have told you. Sorry, and you didn't wear a mask either when you did it, did you? Say I actually po- did wear a mask. Say on it was the a podcast, mask. can you say on the podcast right now that you didn't wear a mask at the Doctor Who? But the point being, you know, we didn't release an epi- a proper episode last week, and I just think it would be a very it would be very sad to our listeners if we couldn't, you know, be spiritually fulfilled before we before we leave them this week. I'm feeling, I'm feeling spiritually unfulfilled, and I think the only cure for my malady would be if you were to perhaps lead our congregation in the Doctor's prayer for us, please. Yeah, for sure. That probably would help. The other thing that I wrote down Mm -hmm. uh, was that we should come up with a name. What did I mean by this? For our podcast. Come up with a name for us. Oh, okay. I see what I meant. Come up with a name for us and for the listeners. So, like, like the listeners would be, like, the... This sounds cringe as fuck. Why would we do this? What, do you want us oh, to be? Oh, I don't know. I, th- this was, I wasn't in a very good state when I wrote this. You want this. us to be? I don't you, stand by it. You want, <laughs> there are listeners. You want us to be like 
the the time lords and our 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 listeners are the I don't time. know what I wanted. What did what didst you want? I don't fucking know. Listeners, if you have a thing, a collective name that you want to be called for some cringe ass reason. I mean, you call them the Whovians and tell them to hop in their TARDISes. I call them the Whovians to hop in their TARDISes a bit because it's like a funny post on Tumblr from a back in the day. What would we be though? Okay. If we're, if we are doctor watchers, are we like a medical review board? Well, our, our, our highest patrons are companions of the show are they our companions are we are time- we the show are we the doctor here are we the time lords can they be I guess like so can they be like <laughs> well they can't be companions because the companions are only people who give us ten dollars i'm starting to think that this thing that i wrote down at 4 a.m when i had covid real bad isn't I think, necessarily I, mean, I, think, I think you have your best ideas when you're delirious from illness but okay i think uh, Hey, can that's you not- please? Can you please do me a favor and stop getting around saying the fucking prayer? <laughs> Thank you. I actually, I no, I came no, up no. With the I title don't sounds about light hear- at like one in the morning, and I wrote it down on my phone. I was like, "This is really good." And I don't want to hear asleep. a single. I don't want to hear a single word out of you besides uh, the prayer. Jordan, we're hosted on noisepace.xyz. Mm, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, lots of great podcasts. Um, and I, I mean this with sincerity. Please listen to our friends' shows. Um, if you like Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, uh, you can listen to um, Pot of Greed, which is now covering Yu-Gi-Oh uh, 5Ds, the motorcycle one. Hell um, yeah. Uh, you can listen to uh, – what other ones are there? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. You can listen to – the Wonder Yerks about Animorphs. You can listen to I I I I I'm very sorry, I can't remember the name of it, but I do know that friend of the show Roy is doing a new podcast about Guilty Gear lore and that the first it's episode Zato is Trap House. The the first episode is called Dear Aaron Hansen, which is just wretched. Just that one wretched. Hurt. That one hurt to read. Just wretched. But great, a great bit. Sam, can you please lead us in our Doctor Who prayer so I can... You can, can find can us on co-host dinner. at Dr. Huh. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on I'm on Twitter at Bradipus Rex and on Tumblr at, at uh, punishbreakfast.tumblr.com. We're also on Tumblr at drhuh.tumblr.com. Give us a reblog, boost our algorithms, make more people listen to our garbage. Make more... Don't lis- ask them to. Make them. Make them listen to our shit. And make them most importantly listen to and our if, prayer. And if they don't, and if they don't, kill them. You take this. You take a big pair of scissors and you cut their thumbs cut off. Cut their thumbs right off. Ta- can you say briefcases. the prayer, please? Can you say the prayer? I want to start dinner. I'm hungry. I also have a podcast called Sounds About Light. We're about to start Kingdom Hearts <laughs> three five eight days over two, which I'm very I'm, excited for. I'm hungry for soup, and my soul is hungry for spiritual enlightenment, Sam. Jordan, it please? sounds like you could use some chicken soup for the Doctor I Who need, fan. I need the prayer. Please. How have you been, by the way? We haven't talked in a little while. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. I'm spiritually unfulfilled. I have not let the light of the Doctor into my light in like two weeks. Can you please say the prayer for our congregation? May. Thank you. Fourth is star wars day and that's when the next episode of and also with you goes up on noise space please say the prayer may your (coughs) this isn't a bit this isn't a bit (laughs) i'm reaching for my cough drops
I don't like to podcast with a cough drop in my mouth, but I need to if I'm going to be able to fucking say this shit. Yeah, thank you. That's fine. Do what you got to do. We're all waiting. Ah, uh, there's that menthol. Mm, or whatever. Maybe. May <coughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's not a bit. I, I, it's not a I, bit. I have trouble believing you. The boy who cried, I don't want to say the Doctor Who prayer again. It's not a bit. May... <laughs> fuck. <coughs> I want to make my soup so bad, Sam. Can I get it in post? Can you what? Can you get it in post? No, no, no. We're staying here until you say it. May your life flow like a river. May your days smell sweet as a rose. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna edit around this. You won't. You're just gonna make us. You're gonna make our listeners listen to the whole goddamn. No, nobody needs to hear this. May your. <laughs> may. You... <coughs> This is why I didn't want to record today. But you went through the rest of the... You were fine for the rest of the episode until we prayed... The Dayquil wore off. I don't believe that the Dayquil would wear off precisely in the moment that you have to say the prayer. May your life flow like a river. May your day swell sweet as a rose. May your nights be calm and still as a palm. May you be as lucky as an ace in a game of Blackjack Harkness. And may the doctor light your path through time. Amen. Bye. See you guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye.